How's everybody doing today? My name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomist. So today we're continuing our Passion Tide series on the Corpus Domesticum, and we're going to be getting into the one everybody's been waiting for. That is the Summa itself. But before we get into that, remember to become a patron at patreon.com slash militantomist to get access to all those wonderful and great resources I offer to patrons. Go to christianbwagner.com slash shop to buy the amazing, immaculate, glorious militantomist mug or to buy some books that I've reprinted. Wonderful, wonderful selection, including the SCOTUS set, Manual of Catholic Apologetics, and much more. And also, uh, if you suck at Greek, or if you're moderately good at Greek, or you have no Greek, and you want to know Greek, go to fluentgreeknt.com and use the code MILITANT for 20% off for that wonderful natural method resource to learning Greek that actually gets you reading Greek. I know, crazy, many of you seminary graduates who learned Greek, you've forgotten it. Or maybe you did wonderful in seminary, but all you can remember are those various tables you were given or those uh, random vocab words that they threw at you. You can't read Greek, let's be honest with ourselves. But with fluent Greek, it will help you read Greek. Promise. Well, if you put the work in, promise. But that's all. So this is the one everybody's been waiting for. So the Summa. What is the Summa? Quidest Summa. The Summa is... Thomas's most famous, I'm sorry, St. Thomas's most famous work. So St. Thomas wrote this near the end of his life. He actually didn't get it finished, and there's a big old cool story behind that, but I'll save that for my series on the life of St. Thomas, which will be wonderful, and I might do it after my life on Pope St. Pius X. So when it comes to the Summa, it was a, interestingly enough, if anybody's read the Summa, you might not think this, but it is a collection of answers to theological questions in the form of a system of theology, which is for beginners. That's right. It's for beginners. Those just starting out in theology are supposed to read the Summa. But again, there was years of philosophical, biblical training, uh, catechesis that they got as kids and uh, the breviary readings that they did every day. So they were they were a little bit uh, more theologically advanced in their starting than a lot of us are. So that makes sense why it was a beginner's guide. But even Father Garrigou Lagrange, one of the most famous Thomistic commentators of the early 20th century, said that he would not presume to go beyond the Summa because that would be presuming that he was beyond his master. And he himself regarded himself as a beginner in theology. And this was Father Lagrange. So if it's good enough for him, trust me, it's good enough for you. So let us begin. This is probably going to be very short because most people out there know how to read the Summa, so it's not going to be too difficult. So it's broken into uh, Prima Pars, which is the first part, Prima Secunde, which is the first part, I mean, the second part of the first part, uh, the first part of the second part, sorry. Secunda Secunde, which is the second part of the second part, and then Tertia Pars, and then what's called the Supplementum, which is kind of a continuation which was collected by St. Thomas's students from the other parts of his corpus. So this goes over everything. It goes over doctrine of God, a de Deo Uno, the doctrine of uh, the Trinity, de Deo Trino, de Deo, tr sorry, I can't pronounce anything. 
the uh, doctrine of angelology. Uh, there's a treatise on grace. There's a treatise on law. It goes over uh, creation. It goes over the sacraments. It goes over the virtues. The virtues is actually the most underrated part of the Summa, and it's uh, absolutely amazing that it was written because of how groundbreaking it was when it comes to um, writing about the virtues. And then also the the doctrine of eschatology, which is uh, the four last things. So generally speaking, it'll get you everything that you need um, when it comes to theology. There's some certain parts which are a little bit less useful and uh, more skimmable. And by skimmable, I mean just reading the Respondeo, which we'll get into what the Respondeo is, but um, such as the the treatise on the angels. I mean, if you want to become an expert on angelology, go ahead. I've read the section and I've read it in full, but uh, for, for most people, that's not going to be something which is too useful. But just sticking it in uh, Prima Par's question one through 49, that is amazing. That's, that, that's really all you need in life right there. That If I had to take one book besides sacred scripture on a desert island and I could only have one volume, of one book, it would be Primo Par's question one through forty-nine. Amazing, amazing, amazing work when it comes to the doctrine of God and then the doctrine of the Trinity. Great work. Okay, so let's. I'm just going to do a random. So this is split up into questions, which are um, kind of what we would think of as chapter headings. Just uh, there's a certain question he puts forward, and then he asks various articles. So this is kind of backwards of what we would normally label stuff. We usually would say articles and then questions, but it's the other way around. So don't let that confuse you. And then uh, into obviously the parts, which are genus, and those were uh, devised by St. Thomas. So it's not like these were added later with each. So let's go into something fun. Let's do merit. That's where I'll show anything. Whether temporal goods come under merit. So you have to be very careful when, with this. Um, it, and I mean, if you understand how the commentary on the sentences goes, you're going to understand how this goes. But this is a much simpler format. So first you have the objections or the objections. So first, St. Thomas asks a question right up there, whether temporal goods fall under merit. And then objections. So he starts off with, with uh, the wrong position. It would seem that temporal goods fall under merit. And then he provides various arguments for why this would seem to be a plausible position. But remember, this is this is um, those positions he disagrees with. So this isn't going to be don't quote from it. It's super funny. Um, a few years ago, there was an article that came out of Hillary Clinton. Uh, well, by uh, it was like by MSNBC. It was an interview with Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton uh, claimed to have a very deep knowledge of the works of Saint Thomas. She apparently was a Thomistic female senator. Which, if she actually read Saint Thomas, she would know that she shouldn't be. But um, yeah, and somebody somebody commented that she was probably quoting from the Objections, and nobody. Absolutely nobody reading that article in in the article comments probably understood what the heck was going on besides me, but it was, I thought it was funny. Okay, either way, don't be like Hillary Clinton probably is. Do not quote the objections if you're trying to find the position of St. Thomas. So he puts forward these various objections, the falsehoods, and then he has what's called the said contra. Now with the said contra, and I should have explained all this, maybe, maybe I'll release this video before the commentary on the sentences. 
maybe I'll just do the sumo first. That'll be that'll be better. So with the said contra, what St. Thomas is doing is St. Thomas is proving the doctrine with uh, from an authoritative source. So it might be a father. It might be a certain ecclesiastical document. It might be just from reason itself. And usually it's from scripture along with uh, him drawing the consequent from from the antecedent, which the antecedent would be the the section of scripture which he quotes. And then in the respondeo, he explains his own position and then gives the reason why it makes sense. And then at the end of the article, he goes back to all those fancy objections we had above there, and he helpfully answers every single one of those objections. Sometimes he quotes just quotes authorities like this. Sometimes he explains uh, what's going on. Like you'll have all the time that uh, in the objections, there will be what there will be is uh, quotations from the fathers that are put forward there, and he'll explain the context of what they're actually talking to. He'll put them in the categories in which uh, scholastic thought is put in, and, and so on and so forth. And other times, he'll just give pure arguments um, against the objections and such. <laughs> I love this. The end of this just absolutely massive. Like this is this is literally um, all of Prima Secundae, and he ends it with this wonderful sentence. And now enough has been said regarding morals in general. Like thanks for the. This is how I like to write conclusions. I hate writing conclusions. Why can't we just conclude stuff with this? And now enough has been said regarding morals in general. That's just how I'm going to end my next essay for one of my classes, and I'll quote the authority of Saint Thomas for doing such. Okay, and then uh, this is obviously on Aquinas CC. This is on New Advent, which is another thing you can go on that's pretty helpful. Um, what else? New Advent. And then Isidore is obviously going to have it, like I showed you. And then those commentaries on the Summa that I that I showed you, I showed you Cajetans. Um, you can go there if you want commentary on it, but I will be having an entire separate episode eventually. We're going to go over all of those um, commentaries on the Summa that I'm collecting. So thank you for coming out here and do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand.